Oh, thank goodness we have a short chapter. Uh, I'm going to be doing a chapter at a time for a few weeks as I'm my brain is a little melted from lots of Bible thoughts and trying to write things up and everything. And I went through a bunch of the letters. I was like, yep, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. And then since Corinthians, I've just gone boom. And this whole chapter is only 13 verses. And it all concerns food sacrifice to idols. And that's not something we do nowadays. We don't really go to McDonald's and give a portion of it away. Um, unless you're wasteful. But that's something that's very prevalent in the ancient world. And it's thought that Daniel probably refused to eat from the king's table, not because he was insulting the king, but because the food may well have been an offering to Marduk. And if he ate it socially, it would be like he was accepting Marduk as a god that he is worshipping. And that would not be good because obviously Jewish people and Christians are uh, monotheistic. And some people will nowadays equate joining people in certain cultural practices with, inverted commas, worshipping their gods, such as it is. So Paul opens chapter 8 by essentially saying that an idol is nothing. There's only one God. Idols aren't anything. They're stone, they're wood. And eating food sacrificed to an idol doesn't mean anything. It means nothing in that sense. But if you look at verse 7... Not everyone has this knowledge. Some people are accustomed to idols and that when they eat sacrificed food, they think of it as being sacrificed to a god. And we spoke about a similar thing on an earlier podcast when discussing being considerate to, to new or, and what Paul says is weaker believers. And in our culture, we don't often have problems with food customs. Um, Hindus do, Muslims do, Christians, we don't really have problems with food customs, but may well have problems with drinking culture. Um, and I know a lot of Christians, I've met a bunch, lovely, lovely people, they're my friends, but they will see you drinking alcohol as an absolute no-no. And it could be because they've just been told that it's bad. It could be because they see in it this reflection of what used to happen in ancient Dionysian cults. There'd be excess, excess, excess. We all know about excess. Um, it might be because family have had problems with alcohol. They might be alcoholics. Um, um, but and things associated with alcohol, bars, pubs, clubs, and all that are an absolute no-no. So, biblically, especially if we if we read it in light of this chapter, alcohol is not sinful. But if some believers, and I quote Paul from chapter eight, do not have this knowledge, or if their life has been adversely affected by alcohol, we who don't see it as a problem, need to be considerate and loving of that. So in verse 10, it says, If someone with a weak conscience sees you, with your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat also? And then later on it says, and possibly destroyed in their heart. I paraphrase the end of that. If we, older, wiser, and more knowledgeable, etc., know that something is fine under God, and then lead someone who is new to the faith and younger or as Paul would say weaker into a practice that they believe is wrong, that could really damage their conscience. It could really hurt their heart. And this can probably apply most readily to drinking alcohol in our culture, but it could also apply to music or films that might be too much for some people or books that might be too much. 
And verse 12, Paul says, when you sin against a believer in this way and wound their weaker conscience, you are sinning against Christ. Now, I, about 10 years ago, I really saw this come to light. And this was something I'm really ashamed of. A bunch of us went out for drinks and with us was someone who was a recovering alcoholic. And at the time, I hadn't met many addicts. I hadn't met any people really like that. And I only understood recovered not recovering and and as you know they're not the same thing and she ended up having a drink she was annoyed at the the people we worked for and a few months later after this i heard that she had hugely hugely spiraled massively and i'm i've been a bit ashamed for 10 years i didn't do anything to discourage this i was like yeah it'll be a fun night out this will be fun i was really unwise of the consequences to someone who was actually very very fragile but was presenting a strong and frustrated and angry exterior and this will apply to things that also aren't so extreme but could still stifle the faithful growth of a believer so if someone finds a particular film too much to watch even if it's really okay even if it's okay that person shouldn't be mocked or peer pressured, but just continue to be discipled and grow and help them grow up so that their weak conscience, and I don't mean that derogatorily, may grow strong. So verse 13, Paul says, if what I eat, remember this chapter is about food, I'm taking the spirit of this chapter, if what I eat causes my brother or sister into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. So my example of going out with a group which included a, an alcoholic is a clear example of my failure to prevent this. To I should have never drank again in that sense. And when I was, and when I was even younger than that, I stopped myself listening, reading, watching, seeing anything that I thought was even vaguely not Christian. And for me, I was so emotionally fragile that this actually ended up being a foolish thing to do because it taught me that in the world, you know, I couldn't ever be around anything that wasn't Christian. And that's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And then I went away to university where everything is not Christian. And it, I just bombed. And, you know, I was exhausted. And I messed up way worse than if I'd been mentored a bit better. However, there are going to be some things that are always wise to avoid and there'll be some things that for a period of time will be wise to avoid and let's make sure that we are considerate to those of us who are avoiding things so that we don't shame them or hurt them or peer pressuring them into something that they're not ready for or maybe never will be ready for let us instead grow them and discuss with them and teach them and mentor them so like some things might be avoided for a time and be fine when the believer is stronger in the faith, music, movies, literature, maybe having a drink. And some things will depend on the person and some things will never be OK. And it is up to the stronger believers to protect and disciple and not embarrass them. So a real question coming off the back of this chapter is what, what do you feel you need to avoid that might not be sinful or evil, but that you will find difficult and will actually lead you down a path that isn't wise? And are there things that you suspect might be okay, but you have been told by your culture that you have to avoid them? Are there people who avoid things you know are okay, 
but that you could disciple and support? And are there things in that regard that you need to avoid to support those believers? Um, so just as a, a point to finish this like little smaller one, there are some things that are never going to be fine. And an addict should never, ever, ever be invited to a bar. If we know there are alcoholics in our congregation, we shouldn't bring beer. We shouldn't invite them to our house and have beer. If we know that there are people there, it is a disservice to them if we do the thing that will be too tempting for them. Does that make sense? And there are things in our cultures that will always be harmful, both for the individual and the wider church body, that aren't as a grey area as food or alcohol. And I don't mean when reading chapter 8 to apply Paul's message regarding food to anything we want. Some films and books and music will be too harmful always. And some of those things will always be not helpful and therefore should always be avoided. Some of these things will need to be discussed and figured out. And it will be a tough challenge. So as we finish up, is there anything in your life that you enjoy that might be help, unhelpful for you? Maybe pray about it. Um, is it actually best weaned out and avoided?